information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. This is a Battle Mountain Podcast from the archives. Hey, this is Sean Vincent. And this is Hannah Harold. So, Sean, you are a competitive tournament archer. You're a hunter, too, but you shoot professionally in, in tournaments. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. And so who do you shoot for? You shoot professionally. Who are your sponsors, your teams, or, or who are you a professional for? Uh, so I've got a couple. I did, did in a couple uh, different organizations uh mostly though it's uh nfa and usa archery um i shoot for uh shoot i'm gonna have to remember all these now but uh um my both sponsors prime uh true ball and excel uh doinker stabilizers gold tip arrows shrewd scopes uh last chance archery presses feather vision lenses AAE uh, Arizona Archery Products for my veins and such. Um, Riverside Archery, my local shop here that I shoot for. Um, and uh, then I've also German Precision Optics, a new, new optics company I'm shooting for this year. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone somewhere. I will think of it, though, if we do. So. <laughs> That's fine. If you think of it, you can just say, oh, yeah, by the way, this one, too, sometime later. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so you've got quite quite the, I guess, the, the backup or the support there. Um, how long have you been shooting archery or shooting tournaments professionally? So professionally, uh, eight years. Been shooting, you know, competitively probably 10 years somewhere in there uh started while i was in the military so oh and, and how'd you get into it how, what was your first time with a bow like or your first tournament well i grew up uh with my dad as a road road hunter i guess you'd call it over here in washington uh we got a lot of like clear cuts hunting stuff like that so i've been hunting and doing that kind of stuff with a rifle for since i was eight years old but uh when i was in the military uh had a family friend who let me he let me shoot his Hoyt bow one time just for, you know, just a heck of it. And then I started dumping money into archery and to my archery fund. And uh, since then, I've been pretty much hooked. Um, <laughs> it, 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 after, getting out of the mili- after getting out of the military and such, uh, hooked up with a buddy from high school, and we started traveling, doing local 3Ds. And it just, from there, it just it took off and I was addicted. It, it is an addicting sport. I think pretty much everyone I know in tournament archery can agree to that. It's probably one of the more expensive addictions out there too. Oh yes. You ask my <laughs> wife about that. She will agree. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you said that you've done uh, some 3d, some NFAA, and it looks like you also in, in 2014 made team USA. Um, so what, what was that like making the team USA team to, to go and shoot for the U S and other countries and represent our country as an archer? Well, for me, I, I mean, I'm not sure how many, how many people know me or what I've done. Um, so I'm, I, I served in the Navy for four years, uh, Never saw a boat in my time in the Navy, but uh, I did two uh, deployments into Bagram, Afghanistan, uh, wearing the uniform, and uh, 
And then since then, I, I'm public service. I've been a law enforcement, and now I'm a game warden uh, here in Washington State. Uh, so for me, uh, it was kind of surreal. You know, uh, I I I kind of got talked into going and shooting my first USAT in Arizona um by fellow archer and uh, jonna davis drinka and uh and i was like well you know whatever i'll go try it out and so i went and tried it out and i i loved it and so i just started hitting i hit the tour and came down to the last tournament of the year i wasn't able to go to florida but went to the last tournament and uh, i was like well if i have a decent shoot here you know i might have a chance and uh after that shoot the guys were all calculating it out in their heads and doing whatever they're like dude i think you made it and uh i was like whatever you guys are lying you know and uh so then uh the usat rankings come out and sure enough i made the top eight and i was like holy cow this (laughs) is crazy and uh i can't believe it you know um, so you, you, it's, it's rare you, your first try anything you make, I mean, you get lucky enough to put the USA on your back. I mean, usually people train for years and whatnot. And, and so to, with that, you know, to have the opportunity to go to Mexico and shoot and shoot in a tournament wearing the red, white, and blue. And, um, uh, it was a blast. I uh, can't, you can't explain it. My feelings are, uh, I mean, crying after you, you know, you make a medal match in Mexico, you know, it's, you got other shooters there sitting like, why are you crying? And it's like, <laughs> you don't understand it until you fought for your country, you fought for your country, you serve your community and, and whatnot. It's like a whole nother realm, you know? So, oh yeah. So, so you've, you've represented the U S in, in many ways, you represented the U S in military serving for the, the country. And then you represented the U S as an athlete. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I can't complain. Can't complain, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so you said you made Team USA the first time around. Because to explain to those people that I guess aren't familiar with USAT, to make the US team, you have to shoot uh, three out of four of the the ranking tournaments, and then also nationals. Correct. Yep. And so that was your first time shooting those USAT tournaments. Yes, ma'am. That is awesome. So my experience shooting USAT, the very first time I shot USAT, it was uh, the SoCal Showdown. And I had only, that was my first year shooting. I had one sponsor, and I somehow made it into an elimination match against Danielle Reynolds, who's been on the U.S. team for a while now. <laughs> and we were head-to-head. Yep. The first set, second, third, fourth, I was up by one point. And I cannot tell you the nerves that I experienced. I was, I've never shook that bad in my life. <laughs> so when you were out there shooting yeah. USAT for the first time, were, did you have nerves like that? Were you shaking on the line in those elimination matches? Uh, oh, I can tell you. I, I, so it's, it's not only bad when you have the nerves in elimination matches, but try on your first day having your release malfunction twice and oh. shooting two zeros. <laughs> And uh, and then somehow, go ahead. Oh, I was just so you shot two zeros, two zeros, and you still shot well enough after that to to make it onto the team. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't a great high ranking team, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I shot two zeros in my Arizona Cup, and because uh, my release malfunctioned twice, and. Uh, and but in the head-to-heads, I just I got on a roll and I made it I think to the eighth or the quarters 
and uh, it just and after that I was it, everything just started rolling well and I tell you what though that that it, that, that, was, that adrenaline you're feeling that shake and you were feeling in that match it's it's addicting you know um, coming from a guy who's who's played sports since he was knee high to a grasshopper um, baseball basketball football everything that competitive feeling those nerves uh, just it, it's addicting so absolutely i agree 100 percent. i mean it's i think the the nerves are both terrifying but addicting and as you shoot these tournaments more and and are able to overcome those nerves or better manage them each and every tournament you shoot you get a little bit better i think that in itself is addicting because then you're always you're always driven and pushing to get a little bit better every time Oh, exactly. I mean, between doing those and then, you know, and then you go to a World Cup, you know, over in uh, Nimes, France, and you shoot against, you know, Dave Cousins or, you know, uh, these other top shooters in the world, uh, shooting that head-to-head style is just, it's crazy how much you, you don't realize how much you shake and, and somehow that arrow still goes in the middle. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. So you talked about a release malfunction. Um, I, I saw in in your bio here in the info you sent that you like to shoot a thumb button. And I know I am also, I, I, I love a thumb button. I have a hinge. I can shoot a hinge, but not like I can shoot a thumb button. And I feel like a lot of the pro archers out there are really, like, biased towards a hinge. So how did you end up feeling, you know, how did yeah. you end up deciding on a, on a thumb button and sticking with that? Well, I mean, when you, when you ever first pick up a hinge and you punch yourself in the face, uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And so from that point on, you learn uh, that you, you can practice. I mean, for me, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I punched myself a couple times in the face, and it's because I like to shoot a hot hinge, uh, back hinge release. Um, and so that's cost me a few times. And, and when I get into a pressure situation, um, I like the fact that I know that with my thumb button – it's not going to go off most times, 99% of the time, unless I activate it or I finish the shot. Um, and with a hinge, there's times where if you got nerves, your hands, you're, you're tight, your muscles are tight, you get you hook up the hinge, you get about half draw, and you're just so tight you can't get it to go off, or you're too relaxed and it goes off early. So uh, the thumb button for me is more, I think it's a comfort thing. I'll shoot a hinge uh, in practice. Um, I'll do it for form work, uh, blind bailing. Um, luckily enough, my hinge and, and my, my button are somewhat similar uh, enough to where I can, I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I so my I lucked out. My very first thumb button that I ever got, I got it at Reading, um, and it's a Carter, and I love it. And then my yeah. hinge that I bought used off of a friend, um, just out of sheer luck, my hinge and my thumb button, I hit in the exact same spot with both of them. So I have that ability to go back and mm-hmm. forth, but not everyone does. No, no, not at all. So then I guess you also, you know, in addition to your success in USA archery, um, in, what was it, 2010, you made runner-up NFAA Shooter of the Year. So can you kind of explain a little bit what what the Shooter of the Year is, what it takes to get there, what tournaments you have to shoot and that, all of that? Yeah, so that was another kind of 
I don't know what I have with lucky first years in tournament, <laughs> and doing tournaments, but well, whatever uh, you have, can you give I, me so some of it? That was. <laughs> I, uh, if I could figure out what it was, I would definitely do it. But <laughs> it's 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 crazy. So I, I mean, that year was kind of a rough year for me. You know, uh, I was working in a lumber mill. I gotten out of the military, working in a lumber mill up in Darrington, where you know, outdoor nationals were probably one of the best best outdoor nationals venues there are in, in the whole U.S. Um, and maybe I'm biased because I'm from there, but <laughs> it, it, from what I hear, it's pretty good. Um, but. So that year I got laid off from the mill and I took my severance check um, and, and part of my little bit of retirement that I started and I bought a tournament bow. Matthews, uh, I think it was Apex 7 um, back then and uh, all my sight, all my arrows had a fellow archer, pro archer here in the state who helped me kind of figure things out and uh, we... We, I started traveling with him and his wife uh, to, to all the NFA shoots. You know, I went to Vegas for the first time, shot, and shoot great at Vegas. I mean, the nerves, I thought everybody was watching me and, you know, shooting in the flights division. I figured, yeah, everybody's watching me. So I shot like dirt. But I shot, I mean, for me, for my scores anyway, I felt like I shot like dirt. Um, and so then, you know, go from Vegas, you go to Indoor Nationals, shoot the blue face, and uh, I did decent there. I think I shot like a 116 or something like that you know the nerves got a little bit better after vegas because vegas i mean it's crazy how big vegas gets oh, yeah. and everything and then from there you go to redding california i believe was the next one um uh, for the uh redding classic trail shoot probably the funnest shoot outdoor shoot of the year um uh, 3d animals orange dodge can't beat it um uh, mark yardage uh, shot pretty well there i think it broke 15 10 or something like that in first year as an amateur i was like yeah you know you know i was sitting sitting doing decent going into that and uh and i think i was in second place at, after reading in the shooter of the year standings and uh and I was I was a decent amount behind us, behind the guy I knew him I shot with him and uh, so we go to outdoor nationals and or no we go to South Dakota after that Yankton South Dakota for the Dakota Classic and uh, first time ever being in South Dakota you know windier than dog doo doo before they it's before they moved it inside and uh, so windier. Windy, 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 and uh, so learning to shoot that round was fun. <laughs> and then uh, after that, <laughs> yeah, and then I shot the the national 3D when they still had it there as well, and, and that didn't go. That wasn't any more fun. And <laughs> yeah, I've, so I've I'm, heard I'm that's learning. not I'm a great course. As, no, it's 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 crazy judging animals with nothing, and then there being outside windy. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it, I mean. They, Yankton is a great place. Yeah, I just I I'm not a flat ground kind of guy myself, so um, that's not me. Um, but so then after that, we go to Outdoor Nationals was in Darrington that year, um, my hometown. Um, so went and stayed with the parents, got up, shot, shot pretty well. After day one, I was I wasn't gaining any ground, so I, I knew unless I had a spectacular day. Um, on day two, the the thing is hunter round on day two at that time is five day format. Um, that I probably wasn't going to catch the guy, and uh, I shot the animal round and I gained a few points, but I was still like I think it was 
10, 15 points back, then there was no way. I mean, he shot too good and a good field and a good hunter round and animal round. I beat him by one or two, but uh, I think it, Kevin Shaw was his name and, uh, it just couldn't get any ground. But I mean, for me, my first year doing NFA, the whole NFA tour, um, the five shoots it, it to come out second i i couldn't complain about it and shortly thereafter was i picked up my first major sponsor matthews bows at the time so i mean even still being able to compete and and do fairly well in each of those different nfa shoots is impressive because each of those shoots is a completely different type of archery you know each of these those shoots is an entirely different skill set Oh yeah, I mean, I especially in your, you know, really your first year going out there and seeing anything when you've been shooting 3Ds, maybe shot a state field or shot a local indoor tournament, you don't realize anything until you get out there on that big stage shooting next to Tim Gillingham, Jesse Broadwater, Dave Cousins. I mean, uh, how? I mean, how do you compare? You're like, oh, hey, I seen you in a magazine or on a TV show, <laughs> Levi Morgan. You know, what I mean, yeah, like I've, I've seen you guys, in an ad guys, for one of my bows. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You were holding this bow two yeah. years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's definitely impressive. Uh, I mean, so when you shoot, when you shoot like the the whole NFAA um, tour, you've got indoor shoots, outdoor shoots, different style target faces. Um, you know, marked 3D paper. It's a whole variety. Did you shoot the same bow for each of those tournaments, or did you have entirely different setups depending on on the shoot? Well, now looking back, I wish I would had like three different bows. But at the time, I was, uh, you know, living on one bow. Uh, I think, I think I shot. I think I was shooting the Matthews Apex Seven. I think I had an old Sherlock mover sight with a, a little black dot in it, and I had Doinker stabilizers on there. And I was shooting Gold Tip Ultralight Pro Four Hundreds with like a hundred grains in the front. Um, I shot that for everything. I, I didn't know any better. I didn't, I mean, I had a guy who was helping me out with what he could, you know, here and there, but other than that, it was, um, it was, yeah, same bow. I mean, now if I were to do all those, I'd have probably three different bow setups, three different arrow setups. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely encouraging to hear that for maybe someone who's a newer archer or doesn't have the thousands and thousands of dollars it takes to build multiple setups or a bunch of sponsors yet. But yeah, it is possible. I mean, it, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of hard work, but you can get out there and you can win all of these tournaments with your, you know, first tournament archery setup or a more basic tournament archery setup than a lot of the pros out there. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just how much. How bad do you want it? How much drive? I mean, how much practice? How much? I mean, if you if you put in your time, yeah, you may not have the X tens. Yeah, you may not have the brand new sight scope bow, whatever. Um, but I mean, look at any of these pros nowadays. I mean, they may have all the fancy stuff, but I bet you they can shoot some of those Apex sevens, those old C fours, just as good, if not better, than some of the bows, bows and equipment they've got now. So. 
Absolutely. Well, it sounds like with your experience in USA Archery and your experience in NFAA, I mean, you described it as luck and lucky first years, but it it certainly also took a lot of skill to get there. Maybe a little bit of luck involved, but definitely a lot of skill. Um, But you also shared with me at maybe, I guess you could call it some unlucky experience at a sectional tournament. Are you, can you share that story with everyone? Uh, you, you must be referring to an indoor tournament where uh, I, I'm, I'm cruising along thinking I've got a new personal best and uh, i walking down to the target and going to pull arrows just thinking it's you know another end and uh, I notice I have a few extra arrows in my quiver. Um, probably not the best thing to do when you're on pace to shoot your personal best in a tournament and you look <laughs> down and you realize you didn't shoot all your arrows <laughs> and so you shoot you, you shoot a great X count but that <laughs> personal best got thrown out the door so, so just, it, uh, it happens uh, you got caught up in the game and, and excited and just forgot the last couple of arrows and, and that was on the last end you said right <laughs> Yep, yep. That was the last end. I think I forgot to shoot three, two, three arrows, something like that. I just, it's exactly what it was. I was so into, so relaxed, so into the into the game that I just, I my I spaced it. I, just, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, it, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever done that since. I know that, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's. It's crazy. See, but that's the benefit of making those kinds of mistakes. You know, you do something like that, and you're pretty much guaranteed it's not going to happen again. No, no, you learn real quick, and just like shooting, shooting the wrong target, you make sure you do that in your practice ends, and you don't have to worry about it. Oh man, I I have so many stories about shooting the wrong target and missing the target. You know, you think you're doing well, you're cruising along, and then something like that happens. Archery happens, as I call it. I mean, I've got to the point now where just to try and keep my mind in the game, I uh, I start singing to myself. I mean, I got I got a nine and a five year old, Emery and Macy, and uh, Emery's oldest, and Macy's youngest, and uh, like Macy and Emery, they have songs that they like to listen to. Like when we go, to, when I take them to school or whatever, you know. I think one was a uh, troll soundtrack, <laughs> and uh, I'll and, and and so I'll be sitting there singing to myself. You know, during the end and just trying to keep my mind off of doing something archery uh, because I mean if you just focus on the game and, and focus on what you're doing all the time I mean there's 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 a fine line where you're doing too much and and you will space you will make that mistake you will forget to set your sight you will forget to knock an arrow I mean something something archery happens so it's just you got to stay relaxed and, and have fun with it that, and that's a good way to put it, you know, something archery happened, because it's true. It's just, there's a lot of archery that can happen, and it's not all good, and there's a lot of bad archery that happens, and it happens to everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's immune to it. I mean, people have their hint, their, their release, they'll shoot an arrow on the same target, I mean, in Vegas, I mean, they'll, or they don't get their arrow off. I mean, it 
unfortunately it happens i mean uh, you don't it's not very often i mean this year i've seen more top pros at nationals and you said usa Na- archery nationals missed targets than i think i've ever seen in my life or even heard of in my life so i mean it's archery it oh, happens yeah. it it happens i think i think what was it at um i was at the arizona cup this year and rio shot an arrow into the dirt you know it like stuff like that happens yeah <laughs> Yeah, you don't, you don't, and you don't see him miss yellow, let alone targets. Exactly. So. Um, it's, it's just best to roll with the punches, and maybe not that tournament, but it happens to everyone. So. Oh, exactly, exactly. It's just, it's just on how you, how you learn from it, how you, how you, how you move on from it. So, uh, well, I mean, you just look forward to the next arrow. One arrow at a time is about all you can do. Well, I think I think your your experience in archery really just lays it out. You know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you really you work your butt off and you shoot amazing. And then sometimes archery happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been. I mean, I, I work full time. I'm not a I'm not a, a paid shooter. So for me, I mean, I got family at home. I got animals. I you know, I, my job. I work twenty four seven. I get called out at times. And so for me. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky if I get to shoot two, maybe three times a week as a, as a professional archer, you know, traveling the world doing it. And, uh, and so for me, it, it, it's hard for me. I, I, I'm, I'm harder on myself than anybody will ever be on me. And so for me, like this year to, you know, I go to my last two shoots, I shoot personal best, 702s, break 700, never done that in a tournament. I mean, I made it to the quarterfinals twice, top five at nationals. I mean, it's... And I feel that, you know, yeah, could I shoot better? I could, but, I mean, I'd be sacrificing my family. I'd be sacrificing my job. And uh, so for me, I just take it one arrow arrow at a time. I mean, mean, shooting with my daughter, one arrow, maybe all I get to shoot. So that's where I am. Well, I, I think even I'm coming away with, you know, a better better outlook on how I'm going to be competing and everything. Take it one arrow at a time and, and remember that sometimes archery happens. Um, and so mm. I, guess, I guess with that, just I want to say thanks for, for making it out onto the podcast and and sharing your experience with everyone and a little bit of, of good knowledge and a little bit of, you know, a, a few phrases I can run through my head when, when something happens. Just, hey, Hannah, archery happens, remember? Archery happens. <laughs> No, exactly. I, I, I tell you what, I mean, and if, it, when those real stressful moments come, start singing to yourself. Have fun. I mean, when I was in Mexico, I got called a crazy American because literally, literally I was, uh, I mean, in, I was singing in between arrows shot. I was dancing all the way down to the target. And I, I mean, and so when I made that, when I beat, uh, I think the guy, he's a Russian kid. He was, I think, ranked like 10th or 15th, top 15, top 20 in the world. I beat him to make the gold medal match. And uh, I I was ecstatic. I mean, I couldn't be crying. I was doing everything. But it was because I had that relaxed, I'm going to have fun with this first time ever being here. Let's just give it a go. And so now I've just kind of carried that on. And I'll sing him and sing, sing to myself. I'll dance a little bit on the way down the target. I mean, just you got to have fun with archery. It's, that's all it is. If you get too much into it, too serious, you're, you're going to make those mistakes. So, Absolutely. Well, thanks again for, for sharing all that. And-
and we'll we'll certainly have to have you back on the podcast. I think it'd be great to talk about your experience on, you know, the other side of of archery hunting, and especially as a game warden with you know a unique perspective on on archery hunting and bow hunting. Um, but I, I'm glad we were able to have you on as a, a tournament guest to begin with, because I think you have a lot of a lot of great experiences and stories to tell under that. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys inviting me. I mean, to tell you the truth, it was an honor. I mean, it's not often you get invited. I mean, I'm a pretty humble guy, so to get to to, to get me to open up and talk stuff like this, uh, even for I mean, newspapers call me once in a while. Or, I mean, the neighbors will see me out here shooting. They're like, no, I'm, they're like, you gonna call the paper? I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> they call it for me, and I have to talk to them that way. So I, I really appreciate you, what you guys do, and uh, and thanks for having me on. And I'm more than happy to come on any any time. So. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sean, and, and we'll stay in touch.